What's going on, guys? This is Porter from the 808s and Bars podcast. This is episode 20. Um, we are very excited today to have uh, one of our favorite music writers on the podcast. Um, Al Shipley is here. Al has written for... I Googled you before this, Al. So <laughs> the, the hits that came up were Complex, Noisy, Fader, uh, Vulture. And I, I know him specifically because I follow his um, monthly album reviews that he posts on his own music blog, Narrowcast. Um, I didn't know if there was anything else you wanted to plug, well, but, you know, but those were what I got. Yeah, you know, written for lots of places, but that's that's a good overview. Those are the, those are the big ones. And then, uh, of course, we have Jason here going on jason you excited you excited yep. to talk about that i'm here that mud boy ready to, yeah ready to talk about uh, ready to talk about <laughs> jason has been yeah. texting me all week about this uh Sheck west album jason you're actually from harlem so i think uh it would be good for you to kind of t- what, what were you gonna say i would be lying yeah yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't always, always rooting for Harlem artists. You know what I mean? Like, if, if someone's from your hometown, I'm always rooting for them. Just like, yeah, and this album surprised Of course, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Al, since you are the guest, um, before we hop into your, uh, you know, opinions on, on the album and kind of what you thought about it, I'll give a little bit of uh, background to Sheck West. Um there's not much out there really about him. He's he's fairly new. Um, he was signed last year to Cactus Jack Records uh, and Good Music, which are Kanye and Travis Scott's record labels. Um, he, like I say before, he's a Harlem rapper. He's only 20 years old, so he's very young. Um, last year, he released a song called Mo Bamba, which was about the um, basketball player who now plays for the Orlando Magic. He grew up with kind of in Harlem. It's kind of a weird story um, behind it. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they, they knew each other in Harlem before uh, before Mo, Mo Bamba was drafted by the Magic, and apparently. Um, the story goes that Sheck told Mo that he was going to uh, name a song after him uh, if he if he ever yeah it's weird because <laughs> Sheck actually has a really kind of all over the place backstory from what I've gathered. Um, so he grew up in Harlem, then he moved to Milwaukee when he was a teenager, uh, and from there he moved back to Harlem. Yeah, uh, right. At, but then he was 14, he was he sent to, uh, to Africa. Um, to Senegal by his parents, where he he talks about on this album a little bit, um, where he specifically was sent there because he had gotten into a lot of trouble as a teenager, and I think as he he basically has the album, the kind of Earl yeah, sweatshirt origin story of when he got exactly. sent away, then he came back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly what I was thinking when I was reading about him. I was like, oh my god, he's just like Earl. Yeah. Yeah, it's similar to Earl Sweatshirt's hiatus, where like the you know you know the Guardians uh, stepped in and said, "Hey, like, yeah. right." I, wonder, I guess the, I guess put the, you in a different environment. What was that? I wonder how many kids get sent abroad to try and stop them from becoming rappers. I mean, you gotta wonder what the numbers <laughs> are. Like, maybe it works a lot of times. That's why we've only heard two of them. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that. That might be that might be a a, a very common rehab. I'm not familiar with. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's what they're doing with Kanye now. They're sending him after. Like, maybe he'll stop rapping. Maybe this maybe this will settle down now. <laughs> oh God, we can only hope so. Um, but yeah, so uh, he releases the song Mobamba last year, but it didn't really blow up until around the time that Mobamba was drafted earlier this year, it kind of had a little bit of it. It was a little bit. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Like the song blew up when that kid became a celebrity. I, I figured he was just, uh, cause I don't follow basketball that much. So I figured he was like just known quantity before that. Yeah, so that's so great timing for both played, of them. Yeah, exactly. He, he released the song when, when Mobamba went to school at Texas, but Mo only stayed a year there. Wow. Yeah. Mobamba was at Texas when the song right. was right. committed to Texas when the song was released. No, no, no. He was, so, or, or was he he, he, it was Texas. the summer before he, he started playing. He wasn't in the NBA playing. yet, and it was kind of... Yeah, and, and, and he wasn't in the league yet, and it was kind of just like he released a song, and then the song just went viral all, all, all of a sudden. I mean, it yeah, been the I, I honestly yeah, don't know what music. really popped it off. I'm, I'm going to guess... The, uh, you know, the resurrection of the song, you know, was aided by the fact that it kind of started to blow up about halfway through this year. And like, you know, the, the NBA drafts in June. So I'm thinking like mm, that probably helped because I'm pretty sure that he was he walked up to Mobamba at the NBA draft. He prefer- after the he celebrated with Jack West live. So that definitely helped. It's kind of a weird backstory to the song. But anyway, it kind of puts him on the map as an artist. That song has been everywhere this year. Um, and then earlier uh, in the summer, he was featured majorly on, well, in terms of like major features, it was his first real one on No Bystanders um, on Astro World by Travis Scott. Um, and Check also. Drake even yeah, shouts well, him out yeah, he, on Sicko Drake mode shouts too. him out on Sicko Mode. Um, Travis kind of, uh, you know, takes a little bit of his ad lib, the bitch ad lib, <laughs> and uses it throughout uh, Astro World. <laughs> I, I, I think he's kind of, uh, you know, I mean, Travis has a history of that, as we've explained on this podcast before. But I think, <laughs> I think if anything, uh, he's just kind of, you know, shouting him out and trying to trying to give him more shine. Funny enough, when he was on Astro World, um, and he was on No Bystanders, and he was just the chorus, and he he's yelling bitch the whole time i was like does this guy like is he a good rapper but like that's kind of after this album it's kind of like that that is his thing is like the hype tracks with the the ad libs being like the main focus of the song and it's it's really interesting so al i guess just up top now that i've given some background to check what did you think about Mudboy now that it's been about a week um did you like it did you not like it and why well, I mean, first of all, I thought I was going to do 10 minutes on, like, I thought it was cool that he covered La Bamba and he was bringing Richie Valens' music back to a new generation. So I got the song title wrong. Um, <laughs> but, um, I think we're too but, yeah, I mean, that reference. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I, it, yeah, I mean, it's, it is kind of cool that, yeah, I mean, he grew up with someone now, he kind of gets to do the theme song for, for someone else's, uh, you know, kind of, uh, entrance to fame too I think probably Lonzo Ball probably wanted a theme song but he wanted to do it so it just didn't pan out um, <laughs> yeah he, he does his own stuff 
But yeah, so I, 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 I like listened to a bunch of the new releases last week, but I didn't get to that one until over the weekend. So it's kind of really fresh for me. Uh, and it's funny because it, even though I knew the out title of the album, it took me a while to realize he was saying Mud Boy, not like Mud Boy, like in a very affectionate way to someone. Mud Boy. That's how I heard right. it every time he said it. <laughs> yeah, it, it is very strange because uh, he probably says the title of this album more than any album that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like just referencing it throughout. Uh, he uses it commonly on, I think, almost every single song on here. Yeah, I wonder if he was saying on a bunch of songs and then it became the title, or if he decided it was the title and then I have no idea. I think he said that it was it was the title the whole time, right. and I think he's just really good at branding. So he's like, if yeah. I just say it all throughout the album, yeah. people are going to pick up on it. You know, it's funny because it's like you know, there are so many people who've had these big ad libs, and then there's certain words where it's like, you know, it's like yeah, it was like. That was Lil John ad lib. Then it was like the Gucci yep. Man ad lib. Then it was you know like now people For, are like oh Drake's yeah. does yeah like different people have had yeah over the years. But I think he's the first person to have bitch since Too Short, probably. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> and he has it. Yeah. He actually did it. He did it differently from Too Short, so it can be his for a while. <laughs> well, my favorite part about the the bitch ad lib is that he explains the like I've never heard a rapper explain their own ad lib on an album. <laughs> At one point, he said, <laughs> "Although we did get we we did get Logic basically saying that's true. That he, is a yeah, I mean, well, he, Logic can't help album. that, but um, but." Mo, uh, on on the song specifically on here, Sheck West literally explains. Yeah. He's like, "I'm not saying bitch like it's a girl. It's just the only way I can get my frustration out." Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it is it's a good word because just in terms of <laughs> it, you really hit it. You hit you hit the letters coming in, coming out. It, it's percussion. Yeah, and it works all throughout this album. And um, like, Jason, and it's one of those words where it's like you know, there are certainly times where you don't want to say it. But there's no one that doesn't say it. It's not. It's not a forbidden word for anybody. So, even if it's right, inappropriate, right. sometimes. Did you? Um, apparently, when he was recording Mobamba, what happened was oh. he forgot to go in on the verse at the right cue. <laughs> so that's why he was shit. <laughs> Well, said. I wouldn't that's be surprised because I, I would say ninety percent of this album sounds incredibly organic. Like I don't think that there's anything on here that was like either one forced or two incredibly thought out to the point where you're overthinking it. It's it's kind of uh, a straight to the point album. Um, I'm not sure how long he worked on it, but what like that anecdote there that you just mentioned like makes total sense for me, just based on like the sound of this album. Yeah, because it goes, he goes, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Jason, what did you uh, what did you think of the album? Is it uh, I I know that you've been excited to talk about it for quite some time now. Yeah, so it's interesting. I didn't know anything about Check West previously to hearing Mo Bamba for the first time. I recently just heard Mo Bamba. It might have been maybe like a month ago. And I, I, I honestly, I had no clue. Um, but now that I know a lot of, about him, this album is very interesting. He talks a, a lot about his pilgrimage, uh, <laughs> if you can really honestly call it that. To, <laughs> if you could call it that, yeah, to Africa. And uh, he's, this is a album for kids from New York. Uh, he talks about 
living in in the projects and how it's you know not a, a really a place you want to grow up in. And uh, on so on Jiggy with the shit, he goes, "I'm in this country alone. I got no idea of passport. I'm the only living John Doe." It, it's actually you know it's 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 quite sad. It's quite it's quite upsetting. And uh, he actually shows a, a depth that I didn't think he had. So uh, I. I I was shocked. Yeah, I think I think it's really bit, hidden it's throughout this album. Like, I don't know if you guys picked on it, but he's very yeah, he's very distinct too. I mean, he he he, he has a sound. Yeah, I mean, now normally this kind of sounding album would be like the opposite of what I look for, and like my personal taste, like I just don't. I wouldn't like like a hype, like gritty, dark, kind of, you know, trap-esque rap album, but I think the execution on here is really good. Like, I think that, like, like you said, I think he has a really distinct sound. I think that throughout the album, you get parts of his personality, even though he can be over the top at times. I mean, he recorded most of this when he was 18 and 19 years old. He's a kid. He's kind of, he's kind of playing this character of, you know, maybe it is an extension of his personality, but it's like you said, it's like growing up in New York, growing up in the projects, growing up, you know, surrounded by, you know, he said his cousins had a, a big influence on him, which is part of the reason why his, his, um, you know, mom sent him away. Um, and then in addition to that, like, I think that obviously you're getting way more of the youthful, fun play side where he, you know, is being uh, insanely over the top and, and just creating bangers for the sake of creating bangers. But like, even on like... Yeah, Kyrie, for example, the song Kyrie. Is, yeah, and just like amazing. on the song, like it's funny that he another song on here that's named after a basketball player, Kyrie. Yeah, and they're like um, they're both of the basketball player songs are after WESPN, so I think he's really trying to do the jock jam section that, of the yeah. album. <laughs> yeah, it, it these back to back basketball tracks. Now, um, is there anything? He legitimately has like basketball lyrics in it too. He's just like Jason Tatum. Well, no, he ball is a basketball player. He was apparently very. Uh, he was a good high school basketball player. He was one of. He said in an interview with Pitchfork that I read that he wants to play in the NBA, and the interviewer laughed, and he was like, "No, I'm dead serious. Like, I want to. I'm going to play in the NBA." Yeah, it would be interesting if this album is. Yeah, it's like a footnote to his basketball career someday. That'd be crazy. <laughs> He does the opposite of Shaq and Kobe and right? Lillard and every yeah. every basketball player. It's like Shaq West drops like an album that's critically acclaimed, and then he becomes like a decent basketball player. He, he takes <laughs> like the, the J. Cole route. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I I think at first this album is really overwhelming. Like, just on like, I think it took me a few listens to really get used to like what he was going for on here. Like, like I said, it's so like far from what my taste is. Um, it's very abrasive from the first song, like is right in your face. You know, I mean, it's called mind fucker. Um, that beat is, I fucking love that beat. I, I, I like a lot of the, I think the production on this album is almost always incredible. Like I, I really enjoyed the, the beats that he chose for this. I don't know. Most of it, most of it's produced they by said, young yeah. young lunch well. his name which is one of the best names i've ever heard for a producer uh young lunchbox uh produced like at least six or seven of these songs now did Lun- uh, did lunchbox produce danimals because my son will put danimals in his lunchbox so that'll be 
<laughs> no, that was produced by Cardi. Oh, there you go. Very, that would be very meta. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I guess Al, just to get like a little bit more of like your take on it, like, did you find it to be off-putting? Did you find it to be unique? Did you find it to be enjoyable? What did you think of it? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because you know, it's like when someone new comes in, you you look at them through the lens of what their cosigns are. So you know, it's like someone comes to the door through Travis Scott and Kanye, look at him that. So it's like, you know, I don't want to, you know, look too much, especially because, you know, he didn't use a bunch of features of big people. Like, he kind of came in on his own. You know, a few of the producers are well-known, but a lot aren't. Um, so, And I kind of respect that. I feel like what he's doing right now, like it or hate it, it I kind of feel like this is how things should be now. Where Like, if someone gets a big hit, just put an album out, make their statement, you know, you, you know, especially you look at like the last kind of young New York guy who had like kind of a different sound when designer came out, like they just took forever to have any kind of project, lost all the momentum. Like he didn't yeah, really get to make that. a statement. They just made it all about the single. Uh, so, I mean, it's great that he put it out now, like, and not six months from now. Um, and yeah, like, he sure. did like a ton of features and, you know, uh, so, so it is cool. I think that, you know, this young kid got to do this. But, but, you know, it's interesting because it's like, again, you, still you look at it through the lens of like what label came out and stuff. And and I also, I think I mentioned this to you already, just it, it amused me that like, I think the two times Travis Scott tweeted about this album, one of them, he linked the album and he said, mud, mud. And then the other <laughs> one was mud, mud, mud. It was just mud twice, mud three times. <laughs> He's branded. Yeah, I, branding. He it just the mud boy. it just felt to me like it, it really epitomized the the thousand yard stare of a person that Travis Scott is. I really have a hard time getting a beat on him uh, in terms of his he, personality. He, he's done he's done a lot of drugs over the past it's, few years. Yeah, I don't even know if it's that. Maybe he is like an acid casualty or something. But it's like you know he kind of has that like far away vibe. And yeah, I don't know yeah, if it's drugs or I, what. I, 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 at one point, I remember every time I would see a video of him, I was like, "He's on Molly, or he's on acid, or yeah. he's on something." Well, that was the longest time. It's like, <laughs> and it's like, you know, obviously his career is huge now, and for the longest time, it's like there's passion about him, and then you just every time he's on camera, he's not making eye contact with the camera. He's kind of like, and it doesn't even feel like he's like talking to you when he's right. So it's he's a weird guy, and uh, and just the whole wave of like, you know, it's interesting, you know, you know this podcast kind of named for uh 808s and heartbreaks and it's like ever since you know it's like kid cutting and i think what check west's early stage name was like kind of a tribute to kid cutting yeah yeah kid cat which is it yeah. was a spin off of his name yeah, yeah kid so cat it's kind of like it's easy to see him in the lineage of like even though he's you know you listen to his music it's not totally like uh that much like kid cutting and travis scott but still it's like you see him in that lineage where obviously that's where his influences come from. It's interesting because it's like, there's a very particular wave of like melodic rap and there's a lot of different ways. It's almost like now, if you talk about singing rappers or rappers using melody, everyone talks about in terms of like Cuddy and Drake and kind of like the sad humming, moaning right. kind of thing. But there's a lot of different ways to use melody and rap, like 50 cent, all these different people, Nelly, there's a hundred ways you can do it, but there's this certain strain. And it's not my favorite thing. The 808s kid Cuddy thing, you know, it's just, I don't, I don't listen to that stuff a ton. So I, I try to, you know, not list, look at it too much like that, but it definitely feels like at least Mobamba is very much in the Travis Scott mode of like, it's like Kid Cudi in the club kind of getting people excited. Kind of like if, if Cudi was making club music, that's kind of the, the vibe. Right. I, 
And it's funny you bring that up because I think that, well, I mean, Travis Scott obviously being that that Kid Cudi in the club, Kid Cudi in the trap type sound, um, because, you know, he also, his name derives from Kid Cudi, as you said, mm-hmm. he falls into that lineage. There's definitely influence of Cudi on mm-hmm. here, even on songs that aren't like like a Mobamba where it's like yeah. the banger. Like the, I actually think the only two artists that I heard any or three artists i would say i would say there's definitely a little bit of travis just from a production standpoint i think he has a similar ear to travis yeah. in that he likes these dark grimy industrial electronic style beats yeah. um and i think that i hear a little bit of asap ferg in his sound uh on certain tracks it's not i think it's just probably the fact that he's from harlem too yeah um and you know there's a little bit of crossover there and then as you mentioned the cuddy thing because like cuddy there are some more melodic songs on here the ones that Mm -hmm. are you know a little bit lower a little bit more a little bit duller than the 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 heavy bangers that are on here that reminded me a lot of a Ferg meets Cuddy, but still he put a little bit of his own spin on it. I think, I think I even struggled to find the influences on here because he had such a unique sound that I'm not used to that. Like, even then, like, I don't think he even is like coming close. Like the, the album that we're reviewing later is Lil Baby and Gunna. We all know where they come from. I mean, they're, they're young thug disciples. They're signed to young thug. I think nowadays it's a lot easier to point, Oh, this person sounds like that person. Mm -hmm. Whereas, Sheck West has really carved out his own little lane here with this for, for being his first project and being, you know, 19, 20 years old yeah. when he's recording this. It's pretty impressive to have this unique of a sound. This, I mean, I haven't seen it someone like this probably since Chief Keef in terms of the uniqueness coming out at such a young age and having a compl- like not a completely new sound, but a sound that is very much their own. And I, I was I was very impressed with it, to be honest. What I what I will say about what I will say about Keith, however, is that Waka Flocka had been doing similar. Yeah, stuff. well, it's like Keith. Yeah, he definitely had influences, but now you definitely see there's a before and after of him, where you gotta see him exactly. as an intermediary uh, to a lot of other people. Yeah, and, and creating more yeah, of a I lane mean, he, that is you know accessible to a wider audience. That. Right, yeah. I mean, my hope is that Keith goes down as the, uh, you know, the influential talent that he was. Yeah, yeah, and and still, and still, and I, I think that when you are like re- reviewing an album for a person who, I mean, let's be honest, he's not going for lyrical miracle stuff. He's not going for straight up rapping or bars, or he's honestly not even going for like a technical, like you know, like using rap as. He, he said in an interview, he likes to predict, pick production that he can kind of, in the Pitchfork interview, I believe he said he likes to pick beats where he can kind of just like work over them in a way that just allows him to be as free as possible. And that's something that you hear a lot throughout here. He's not really constrained to one yeah. sound on songs. Um, most songs are only one verse, two verses, and then like an outro of ad-libs. Pretty much everything is built around the hook and ad-libs on here. And normally I would be turned off by that, but there's something about his approach to it that makes it more interesting to me. It makes it more unique to him. Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Never Lost, for example, I mean, it's got got one verse, it's got two verses, and then you gotta then you have a third verse and then basically it's just like him you know uh 
just saying, honestly, just saying the N-word the whole time. That's honestly just like, because niggas out here will, will kill, young niggas got to eat, young niggas got to get a meal, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's not a, it's broken apart a little bit, you know what I mean? And then so it's kind of just like a puzzle and you have to fit that puzzle. Right. You have to just pick, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not a, a quintessential, like, Verse one, verse yeah. two, verse. You know what I mean? It's not. He's not making songs like that. It's actually really interesting. Yeah, the structure is not very much like a traditional rap album at all, and I, I think that that benefits him at sometimes. And then also there are other times where it maybe could use some structure. Like I think that a song like "Burn Slow," which was like an interlude, it, it, which was weird because it was like three over three minutes on an album filled with songs that are like three minutes, and it was an interlude. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there, like there were some times where it just, it felt like that song like was an interlude, but like kind of just rambled on for three minutes and it could have used a little bit yeah. of like your standard structure in songs, but the ones where he does, he, he kind of just has the energy all throughout the songs. I really enjoy. I mean, I think Mobamba still holds up. I think that's a super solid song. Fuck everybody was just a very intense song. And like, I didn't. Like it naming a song "Fuck Everybody," it could be. I mean, you gotta, you gotta kind of live up to that name, right? <laughs> like, and it's just very raw energy throughout that whole song, and like it doesn't come across as cheesy. And that's another hard thing is like a lot of these guys nowadays. Like I, I mean, the first person who comes to mind is Six Nine. Like out of, I mean, another New York rapper who has this very abrasive style. And to me, a lot of his songs don't come across as genuine. They don't come. They kind of come across as corny because I think that he's trying to be this badass, but it doesn't come naturally to him. I hear it more on here with Sheck West that he is genuinely like into, you know, exactly what sound he's going for. And I don't know, man, I was really impressed with this album. I thought it was, it sounded nothing like anything that I've heard recently from any new rapper. Um, I was kind of amazed with the fact that he could keep my, uh, just like attention throughout without having the raps that I'm used to. Like, I mean, I've we've discussed our taste. He's on much here. more captivating than than people realize. I think when Mo Bamba originally came, and out. I think he's also a little bit off putting to people because he is so di- like he's just so different with his approach to music. Like, I mean, lyrically, like he's pretty much talking about the same thing that everyone, everybody else is talking about. But besides that, like, there's nothing that this guy is like any other new rapper to me. Like, I think he really stands out. Yeah, I mean, he definitely, to me, I think, maybe more than you, to me, I hear a lot of the SoundCloud contemporary, just in, like, some of the production and, like, when he kind of yells and does, like, the kind of almost punk pop kind of thing. Like, you know, there are things on Trippy Red's album that, that reminds me of that. And I kind of feel like yeah. the simpler Broken Down Strong structures, it's kind of like a lot of people are doing the songs with, like, one or two verses, but they'll just stop the song at two minutes. Where, like, you know, you were saying he's doing more like intros, outros, building the mood, letting it ride out a little bit. So it's like, I think there's a lot of, of the kind of things other people are doing, but he's just, yeah, taking a little, little different direction. Yeah, definitely. And I think that the creating, I mean, I guess, I guess I haven't listened enough to the SoundCloud stuff. I've heard some of Triffy Red stuff, and I definitely could hear what, you know, kind of where you're going from there. A lot of these, like, you know, Zan lean rappers use that heavy bass, that distorted bass yeah. in their songs. So that definitely has become more of a common trope in hip hop. But uh, I, yeah, I, I guess I just think that this guy is, has such a unique voice and like, he even will like talk about in, in one song, like 
He'll talk about, uh, you know, he'll talk about like some issues that he's had in his life, like very briefly. He'll only have a line or two. Yeah. Then he'll go back to like his like, you know, nuisance type like I'm a kid. I just want to fuck shit up type yeah. raps. And like I don't really ever hear like I, I feel like a lot of these new rappers, I, I they either go down one lane or they go down the other lane entirely. And I think that he kind of marries the two pretty, pretty well. Like I think that he is, um, you know like Jason said, he's engaging. Like he just, he could, to me, like, I think that a lot of these new guys, I turn them on and I'm just like, I, I don't, I don't get it. Like it doesn't register with my brain. <laughs> like, I don't even understand why anyone would like them. Um, especially from the SoundCloud generation. And I think it's really hard to, to make that crossover because it's like, it's pretty much like going from the minors to the majors. But, um, but were there, were there any tracks other than the ones that we we've mentioned that, that really stood out to you guys? I think so. Fuck everybody stood out to me. I mean, yeah, for sure. Especially because it was next oh, to Daniel, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was like you get the teenage <laughs> angst and the I was just a middle schooler having like fruit smoothies. That was the best sequencing <laughs> ever, dude. I saw, I literally tweeted a picture and was like, "This is the best sequencing I've seen on an album." All year. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> and then Danimals right after it was hilarious. Like. And, like, I think he does have a little bit of that, like, I mean, like, he has, he definitely has a little bit of self-awareness yeah. in the fact that, like, he's explaining it, why his bitch ad-lib isn't about a woman yeah. and it's more about just angst. And yeah, like, yeah, like I said, I think it's great they put out this album now instead of just doing a couple more singles like that and not showing, and I mean, I wouldn't even call it depth, it's just, you know, yeah, just showing a little more of himself and, like, exactly. and like the thing Jason said about, like, the saddest part of the album is when he talks about having to be in Wisconsin, which is like, uh, you know, he liked it. Yeah. Like in a, I mean, like, it's just, yeah, it's so funny to me. Like a New York kid gets sent to Wisconsin. It's like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And like my brother lives in Wisconsin. So I spent some time out there. It's a nice place, but I could definitely see a New York teenager being bored out of their mind there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny because, like, if if I was sent to uh, Wisconsin or or what have you, or or <laughs> Kentucky or whatever, you know, what I mean, as a sixteen year old kid from Harlem, I would have been. Yeah, a- yeah. <laughs> you would have been mad as shit at your mom. Oh yeah, I would have been so tight, man. <laughs> but yeah, so like Jason, I think your perspective on this album is because like Jason's kind of has a similar taste to me in in certain ways and a very different taste in other ways. But like I think since you are from Harlem, Jason, like I know one of the things that Jason has brought up constantly on this podcast is the fact that he's kind of disappointed by the New York New York rap scene. Like he doesn't feel like it's where other rap scenes are or where it should be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm on an L.A. rap kick right now, right? I mean, my favorite rap album of the year so far is probably J-Rock's album. Uh, I mean, I love, I mean, you know, I'm, you know, I've been very vocal about how much I love YG. Yeah, O3, uh, Rito. Just, right, O3, Perico. Rito. Uh, uh, Drake Yoda, yeah, per, uh, Perico, yeah, J, uh, J, uh, Drake Yoda, the Ruler. I mean, Kendrick does his thing. Uh, Isaiah Rashad. I mean, so I, I want New York rap to uh, be even better. I mean, there's some names that uh, uh, I, I like. So, but Sheck West is probably the best New York project I've, I've heard. Of yeah, I mean, yeah. and that's the thing is like, oh yeah, Cardi, 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 Cardi made a great album, album. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, you yeah, almost yeah. forget her because she like yeah. kind of blew up so big. It's like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. Uh, you know, you, you want to know why, you want to know why I forget a little bit? It's probably a lot of this like, non-music, yeah. 
like Well, yeah, that's the thing. She she came in as kind of a celebrity already, so it's like you forget that you know she is a rapper from a city. Right. Yeah. And it, the album had a lot of distinct. The album had a lot of distinct sounds. Also, yeah. the album's good. Yeah. 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 The the album that album specifically was, and I think it, it is. It, it you don't really think of it as this regional rap just because, yeah. she, like you said, she came in as a famous person. It it blew her up to superstardom beyond any you know area really. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she technically is a a New York rapper. Um, I think that I hope that uh that this can kind of create a little bit of a renaissance in the city for creating you know different sounds of hip-hop i don't really think that asap mob was able like they're the only ones from new york that i could think of as like a crew um that were trying something different my thing is just like i don't know the direction sorry to cut you off i don't know i don't know the direction that asap mob is going like i don't know if they're focused on like oh i just uh, meant like they were going for a different sound being from New York, like Joey Badass and Action Bronson were going for a New York sound. Sa- like they were just going for the traditional New York sound when they came up at the beginning of the decade. Uh, whereas they were challenged, like, and I think that Check West is challenging what we think of uh, as New York hip hop. You know, we're in a post regional era now, but uh, a lot of guys still do sound like where they come from. You know, you, you talk about YG, you talk about. Uh, um, some, you know, uh, Perico who uses that old G funk West coast style. Um, so I guess kind of what I was trying to say was, was like, will, you know, the release of this album and then hopefully, you know, restart what ASAP mob at least began at the, be- you know, beginning of the decade. I don't really think they ever followed up with it just because Rocky was really the only one that popped off. Ferg had some decent stuff, but kind of fell off too. Um, and as you said, they don't really have any direction. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the loss of Yams has been tremendous for that. To be, to be real, to to uh, to be a to be just a somber note a little bit, and um, I just, I, I he probably kept everybody on task. He probably kept everybody focused. He had a direction that he wanted to go. I mean, I, I if he was still yeah. alive, I think he'd be doing uh, you know, yeah. stuff like TV. Yeah, you know, what I mean, Yams had a had a had a. Had a I also had a, think. So I yeah, I also think if Rocky tried as hard as Ferg to make songs that people actually like, they might be doing something right now. But it kind of seems like the guy they put in charge doesn't actually care that much. Yeah, he kind of cares more about fashion than he cares yeah. about music or just. Yeah. But like my thing about my thing about my thing about like Rocky is like I don't have to listen to music that I necessarily like. Want to hear. <laughs> And it's just like when he when he dropped when he dropped testing, my problem with it is it felt really inauthentic. It felt as if like he was making an album for like Jake <laughs> or something like that. It's like because like it, it, it felt like a caricature of like yeah. an experimental like psychedelic album. You know what I mean? It's just like this is someone who listens to Pink Floyd and it's like oh. Right. This is we, we have an on, we have an ongoing joke on the podcast that we talk we have to talk about testing at least once an episode. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad I could help guide us toward that. Then. <laughs> it's such a it's such a polarizing album. But, but wait, I, wait, are there people on the other poll? I haven't heard anyone who loves that album. Polarizing though. Uh, we know. Yeah, we, we know. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Is it actually polarizing? I just think it's good. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think it's polarizing in the same way that uh, Kid Cudi speeding the bullet, uh, speeding bullet to heaven's polarizing. In that, to some people, it sounds like the worst thing ever, and to other people, it sounds like 
experiment like people that don't really listen to <laughs> music a ton or are just huge stands yeah. of the artists yeah. uh tend to think that it's like I this actually like amazing know people who really like that cutty album yeah i mean they exist oh yeah they're definitely really more like, like album, so. yeah cutty stands than people who are just like every rocky album's a masterpiece yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so um but yeah no kind of going back to this album it's like you know this definitely does not have a traditional New York sound. He's pulling from all different influences all over the place. I think what I liked most about this is the fact that there never, there, there was an overarching sound that he would keep coming back to that. He kind of started with the intro track um, and uh, with Mindfucker, And then he comes back to like live check West and you just banger, 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 banger. Then he lulls you to sleep a little bit with some songs, not ne- necessarily a bad way, but uh, you know, it's a little bit chiller, a little bit more of that kind of vibe. And then he comes back to the banger. So, so there's a lot of variety on here. The guy's got a good ear for beats. I love his intensity. I think that sometimes his lyrics can be a little bit over the top. I'm more of a, like, I love, you know, like melodies and like, uh, you know, just fucking I like I don't like live and die for lyrical hip hop. But, you know, it's it's nice to have some 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 good lyrics here and there. And I think that he does try to include that in the midst of not really giving a fuck about lyrics, which I appreciate. Um, and I think he does it. Uh, like I said, I think the album's very organic sounding. It's different sounding. Overall, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Um, I think that I really want to hear where this kid goes from here because he's so young. He's like, like I said, I think the sound's super fresh. And I hope that he can kind of build off of this momentum and continue to just uh, drop new shit and try different stuff because it sounds like he's like a really experimental guy. And uh, yeah, no, I'm just interested to hear where he goes from here. So, uh, Al, what, what were your you know final thoughts on this album, and what do you think? Uh, I would say that I, I I feel a lot of the same things as you, just less enthusiasm. A lot of it just because I get that sense of like he just kind of rambled. Like there's there's a lot of like cutty kind of things where it's like it didn't rhyme, and it's okay that it didn't rhyme, but like he really like walked into it not rhyming in a way that it just didn't. It, it almost drew attention to it. So there were things like that where it just kind of like it, it sold the momentum a lot for me. But like I said, you know, I, I, I do agree that it has a perspective, which I mean, like, that's really all you want a debut album. If it's not going to be a masterpiece, you at least want to get an idea of, okay, this, this guy might do really do something if he keeps at it. Um, so, you know, I think I would, I would give it a lower, probably give it like a six, but, uh, but I definitely feel a lot of the same things just with less enthusiasm in terms of like, like I said, it's great that he got this album out right now so he can show people more than just the single. Because, I mean, like, I'm still, like, before the album came out, I was just kind of like, every time I hear the song, Mobamba, I'm just kind of like, do I love this? Do I hate this? I still don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's, it's not a song that really gives you middle ground. It's, it's like you either are just nodding along and loving <laughs> it, or it's like, what is he doing, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I, I was like, very... Here's, taken back by that song at first, but sorry, Jason, what were you trying to say? Here's the thing about here's the thing about that song. Here's the thing about that song. It's like in no other context <laughs> you listen to that song other than like you're yeah. driving up with your friends. Yeah, I haven't like, been gonna, out somewhere like, to hear it yet, listen. so that's one thing. <laughs> you're not yeah. Yeah, like it's just like you're not gonna listen to Mobamba like when you're sitting at home. Like you're just not, you know what I mean? But like I've been out, I mean, the past couple of weeks and that song's come on and it's been uh a zoo legitimately like a zoo which so, it's weird uh, because like music like that and, and travis scott it's like i i see footage of people like moshing to these songs i'm like 
it still feels kind of chill to me. Like it doesn't feel like energy <laughs> music to me. So there's a disconnect there. It's, it's those it's the, yeah, it's, it's those <laughs> low energy bangers. The, the I mean, when I, Rashad, the, yeah. the Travis Scotts. Yeah. I mean, I I I I um I saw Sheck West came out and because I saw Travis Scott at at Gov Ball. Sheck West came out. It was a mosh, and it was just like my thing is just like it's like you those aren't yeah like just like Al said like those aren't really songs that feel like uh Pearl Jam <laughs> like rock <laughs> you know what I mean like it yeah. doesn't it doesn't feel like rock have you ever been to a Pearl Jam concert like... they don't mosh there <laughs> but, <laughs> they're all rocks, in the 50s <laughs> no I have seen Pearl Jam live there they're great <laughs> but like yeah yeah I mean they, they it doesn't feel like a rock star type of uh song it kind of just feels like a, a kind of chill type of vibe but people do mosh to it and it's like if you're evaluating music that's not really something you should like go by like oh this is really jumping this means it's hot it's just like but like that is that's just the fact of it that i mean that song's been everywhere and especially in new york city so it, it, so what would you give it out of 10 jason the album uh i'd probably give the album a, just like you i'd probably give the album a seven out seven. of ten um yeah i mean Kyrie, i i love Kyrie. I love Wanted and I love Never Wanted Walked. is a banger. Yeah, that one's yeah, those favorite. are all good tracks. Yeah. I thought my the only one he talks about he one one more nugget. He talks about while and out on the train on Wanted, and it's like ah, this is so New York. <laughs> <laughs> that was me in high school. Like in high school, we were so bad on the train in public. <laughs> and now I look, I rub my nose at the kids who are like that now. But when I was in high school, and that's like the thing, that, it's so. like he's a kid from New York. He's telling a story that's relatable to really a lot, a large range of people, uh, especially growing up in New York. That's just why I thought that you know, it's I, I like the fact that you. We're listening to an album from Har- uh, from someone from Harlem, and it's different from anything that I've ever heard come out of New York, and you still enjoyed it. So uh, my least favorite track. Yeah, I mean, um, this isn't purple. It's crazy. This isn't purple haze. This isn't come home from, right, with me, right. you know? So it's, 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 it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a much different vibe than what we're used to, especially from, from Harlem. Um, but – uh, my I would say my favorite track. St- I honestly, my favorite track is is probably Live Sheck West. I just think that it's a super. I mean, it kind of is in the same mold as Mo Bamba. Uh, but I like that he is like telling his his story on a banger. I don't know. I thought it was a, a unique like approach. Mm-hmm. Like he goes back and forth between just like fucking like these hyper turn up energy like you know when he's just screaming gang 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 on the outro uh and then also he's like putting in like little nuggets about his life um even though the ad libs did turn me off a little bit on there uh when he's like screaming like you know suck my dick and cunt and stuff like that but um, <laughs> did he say the c word you don't hear the c word a lot in rap i missed yeah, that he does say yeah, yeah, he says a lot of, but he's like, I mean, like, once again, like, he probably recorded this shit when he was 18. I think that, yeah. like, well, and you know, it's like when you compare that to, like, Honestly, the Future or something, it's like to say bitch yeah. a lot is pretty mild. When you know, like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the last rap, honestly, the last rapper I heard say come was Eminem. Like, yeah. I feel like that's it's really not a rap like, word. It's not when you hear a lot. Like, yeah, yeah, no, that's it's it's kind yeah. of it is kind of strange, but yeah. So uh, and then I, as I said before, I didn't really like that interlude. That was my least favorite track um, on the album. Uh, so I guess we can kind of transition off here, unless you guys want to give your favorite and your least favorite tracks. I don't think I've listened to enough to have least favorite favorite. So 
Okay. Jason, you have a least favorite? Yeah. Uh, uh, chippy Chippy. Uh, yeah, I didn't fuck with that one that either. That was it? kind of the... Yeah, Chippy yeah, Chippy Chippy was kind of just like a... Uh, it didn't do anything for yeah, me. Yeah. It, it wasn't even like it's bad. It's just like it just didn't do Yeah, anything. there just wasn't a ton of energy on that. It was just kind of... Yeah, no, yeah. I, I agree. That I w- wasn't one of my yeah. favorites either. But um, so now we're going to transition over to the Lil Baby and Gunna new collab project, Drip Harder. A um, little bit of background on them. Uh, look, I mean, I think most people know Lil Baby and Gunna by now if they're listening to this podcast. Um, they've kind of blown up over the past year or so. Um, specifically, Lil Baby dropped um, a series of mixtapes earlier this year. By the way, this guy signed to like seven record labels. Uh, <laughs> he signed to Young Stoner Life, Four Pockets Full, w- Wolfpack Music Group, Quality Control Music, Motown, and Capitol Records. I don't even know how that's possible. Uh, like Pusha said, you sound so funny. Yeah, but it's like, it's like, how much money is this guy getting at the end of the day? If you got to go through seven pockets yeah. at least before. I mean, some money. of those are just like, you know, Motown is just subsidiary, you know. I think it's probably, yeah, you know, mostly, you know, two, two, two of them are active. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like the Cactus Jack Good Music thing, where it's like there's, there's two active partners, but there's also their parent companies. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think that that, but like, yeah. I mean, I see that you know, young thugs, young stoner life. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't even know if that really means anything. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. If it, I think it's just like I like this person, so they're on my my like either in my imprint yeah. now. Um, so his 2017 mixtapes, the uh, it was the hard series, uh, harder than hard, the hard way with Marlo and too hard. Uh, which gamed him uh, a buzz a little bit, and then he dropped harder than ever earlier this year. I can't, I, these titles are hilarious. Uh, but then, um, so that song kind of really put him on the map because he had the song with Drake, Yes Indeed, which peaked at number six on the billboards. Uh, both him and Gunna were heavily featured on Thug's compilation project, which he dropped in the summer. Uh, Slime Language, which we reviewed, and we talked a little bit about Lil Baby and Gunna on there as well. Um, Gunna is, uh, Lil Baby's from Atlanta. Gunna's from College Park, uh, Georgia. He's signed to Young Thugs, Young Stoner Life imprint, and that's it. Um, his, he, he kind of got big over the past year or so with his drip season mixtapes, which have given him a buzz over the last, uh, few months to years. Um, uh, in February, he dropped the latest in that series, uh, drip season three, which actually charted on the billboard charts. I wasn't aware of that. Um, he has, uh, featured on a bunch of albums over the past two years, probably even more so than Lil baby. Um, he was on beautiful thugger girls. He was on Lil baby's album. He was on nabs album reckless. He was on Playboy Cardi's die lit. And most recently he was on Yosemite, which we all thought was a standout track from Travis Scott's Astro world. Um, I actually mentioned it on the pod. I thought that was Young Thug until the day we reviewed the album. <laughs> so um, I think that the the obvious comparison is these guys kind of both sound like Young Thug. I mean, I know that like I don't I I, heard, I saw someone say on Twitter like if you think that they if you can't tell them apart on a track you're a cop and I'm like okay. <laughs> I'm not saying that they're that I can't tell them apart because I usually can because I do think that they have a little bit of like a different mm-hmm. sound from each other, like enough in a vocal inflection. But like these guys definitely sound like Thug. I mean, there's no way around it. Yeah. Like I, to me, I can, but I have to think for a second sometimes where it's like, 
there's the A boy A voice and the B voice, but sometimes I have to think for a second which one's the A voice and which one's the B voice. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, do you think that it's like I guess it's just since they are under Thug's umbrella, it would be considered like just like an influence. But like at times I've heard them, like I said, I heard Gun on there. And if you had told me that was Young Thug, I would have go- gone into the review and been like, oh, Thug's verse was great. Right. <laughs> like that there's very much. The only the only thing I will say is like it, it's kind of like the poor man's version of Thug's voice. Like Thug is so obviously like when Thug is in his bag, he's so obviously more talented than like Gun. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not saying that I think that, uh, you know, Gunna and Lil Baby are quite on the talent level of Young Thug, but I'm saying the sound is definitely, at times it's derivative of Young Thug, at times it's just influenced by Young Thug. Um, they they seem to get yeah, a pass yeah, more really. so than any other artist that I see in the game, and I think it's probably because they run with Young Thug, and, like, he's actually benefiting from their successes. I mean, they've gotten more popular than Thug in terms of moving units. I mean, this album's moved 125k in its first week, and Thug's never had an album move over yeah. 100k. Yeah, I mean... Which is crazy. Yeah, I, like, I, I don't know if you guys saw the, the thing I wrote for Vulture when, when he released the uh, On The Run EP... Um, yeah, I did. but yeah, I, did I wrote this thing, and you can Google it or whatever. It's uh, I think it was called. Um, I'll, li- I'll link yeah, it yeah, you can like it. Um, but 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 yeah, I mean, it was interesting because I wrote at length about this whole thing of yeah, it's like Young Thug kind of had this opportunity to, to to become kind of a star, and people love him obviously, and he's still out there and very visible, and you know, he's like had like the number one song with Camila Cabello and all these other things, but he, yeah, he hasn't had that like big project. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, Young Thug has done songs with Drake. There's there's nothing really holding him back from doing what Lil Baby has done now twice, which is put out a you know, song with Drake on a new project, have that project do huge numbers the first week. Like, you know, I think this will be Lil Baby's like second, you know, top five mm-hmm. album where Young Thug hasn't had a top five album other than the one in the future. Um, right. So it's one of those things where it's like Young Thug kind of fumbled the ball in terms of capitalizing on his buzz. So yeah, it's now it's like whether he likes it or not, you know, the torch is being passed a little bit. Um, so it's interesting, and and also it's like they sound like him, but it's it's funny because uh, you know four three four years ago, if someone said okay, there's going to be a bunch of rappers that sound like Young Thug, you would think they meant like the really distinctive stuff that like the weird melodic high things he does, but really like they're both doing like the inside voice, like kind of lyrical Young Thug, where he kind of like talks in a more you know like softer tone. Like they're both doing yeah. that kind of soft-spoken young thug flow, so it's like they're they're doing a specific thing too. It's not just like they yeah. sound like him. Yeah, exactly. It's like a lane that that is you know yeah. It, it's derivative of young thug, but like you said, like it's it's not in like the way that thug was experimental. Yeah. It's not in the way that thug was. It's yeah. very much like the, It's like the, there are certain songs where I could I hear them, and it is hard to kind of tell whether or it's not. It is hard yeah. to tell them apart from young thug. So, uh, Jason. Um, I think that uh, I'm not really sure how you feel about either of these guys, to be honest. Like, I don't even think I've gotten any sort of opinions on them, except for maybe when Gunna was on the because, like, I that was the only thing I've from I I didn't even heard Little Baby until Slime Language. I knew Gunna because of Astro World, and I knew and I knew Sold Out Dates, the song they had together, which I actually like better than anything on this album. I thought that was a better song than and Al. You even said on Twitter that you think that their solo projects 
are better than this project. Yeah, I think right? that this project came came around at a great time to capitalize on both of them. Because, you know, it's like, you look, most duo projects, you either get two super established people, you know, you get like the Kanye Jay-Z, you know, future Drake kind of thing. Or you get, you have a lot of stuff in Atlanta where it's like, you know, two kind of mid-level mixtape guys do a thing together. Or like, you know, Richie right. Man had his, you know, duo projects with a lot of people before they were big, like Future and all that. So I feel like usually you either get like the event release or you get, you know, kind of kind of a little stopgap thing from two people who haven't really made it yet. So this is interesting sure. because it's like these guys kind of just are starting to make it. So it's unusual to have a duo project kind of put two people over the top at the same time like this. Like little Baby, you know, Drake songs everywhere. So he's kind of already everywhere. But it's like this really is like their moment together. Yeah, they're capitalizing on the buzz, as you said. Yeah. I like I like harder than ever and too hard to be honest. Too hard on in 2017 and harder than ever uh, recently. Yeah. I actually like better. This than is, I so you like, I think that okay. And I it's funny that you brought that up, Al, because I mean I obviously haven't listened to like Jason. You like those albums, the little baby albums more. I think that like yeah. Yeah, too hard and, and, and too hard and hard. I haven't checked them out, so good. I'll definitely have to check them out after yeah. this. This is g- g- generally not the kind of like style of rap that I do listen to, but I think that this podcast has really you know opened up my mind, and then I listen to you know everything that comes out now. But the the one thing I want to say is like it was like Al brought this up is the fact that like you know you got you got you'll either get like a Thug Future project, or you'll get like a Drake Future project, or the Travis Quavo project where it's these two guys that are very well established and they want to make an album together, da da da, whatever. And I feel like a lot of the times because of all the hype, like. I wanted those albums to be good, like so badly, like when they came out. I mean, well, my thing about the Travis and Quavo album is like, honestly, it should have been a a introduction into the fact yeah. that Quavo should have dropped. His That's a very good point. Project, I mean, first of all, yeah. <laughs> secondly, secondly, it's just it's also just like yeah. I mean, the, the, you know I, I mean? think like, that I even think that it's a it's 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 very below the other two albums I mentioned. Like, I think Super Slimy and What a Time to Be Alive are considerably better than the Travis Quavo album. I found that album to be pretty much like uh, not unlistenable, but just incredibly boring. Um, But I, I, I just think like a lot of the times when people love two popular artists and even like these guys, like even like Gunna and Lil Baby have stands. Like I literally follow people on Twitter. There's one guy I follow and he's, his his display name is Lil Baby Stan. And I'm like, I didn't even know who this guy was until six months ago. And he already has stands. You can stand people. No, yeah, I know. It, but what I'm funny. trying to you say is like, I think that a lot people. of people like, and I keep seeing people say how much they love this album. And look, this might just be their taste. They, this might be their thing. Like trap music might be like their specific thing. They might just love Thug so much that they love these guys too. But like, I think that oftentimes these collab albums get overhyped for about a few weeks. And then once the hype dies down, everyone realizes they're almost all the time pretty underwhelming. And I felt incredibly underwhelmed by this album. I was like, I, we, I, I did a poll on Twitter to see who liked uh, Mudboy better or Drip Harder. And 71% of people said Drip Harder. And I was shocked. I was like, I honestly think yeah, this is... I think a lot less people the- have heard Mudboy is the thing. That's true. That's also pro- possibly, uh, you know, part of the reason. But, um, but I, uh, to me, like, I, dude, 
I, it took me three or four times just to get past the second track on this song. I found it to be just incredibly generic. I found it to be boring at times. I was like, I, I, I really didn't get the hype at all. Like, I, I, there are a few songs on here that I felt were, were fine. And, like, there, there were from some moments where I was like, all right, I, I see why this is appealing. There are some bangers on here. But, like, the first few songs I was like, oh, my God. Like, was this album sponsored by Valone? They reference it, like, four times <laughs> in the first, like, in the first, like, three songs. Like, they refer- the first song is called Off-White Valone. Then they have in the third song, there's three Valone references in the song. <laughs> the structure of the album is really weird. I, I, I don't know. Well, I, I could not get into this album. It's like they're trying to like kind of like outmaneuver one another, right? Like both of them are talking <laughs> about Valone. <laughs> but like, I, I mean, I'm not like a fashion guy. So like I didn't. I normally I didn't even get half of the references when it came to like some like you know designer I'd never heard of or or something like that which is fine I don't expect to get every reference that I listen to in music but at the same time like I don't know like Al did you think that like why do you think that their solo projects were were better than this I guess I should say I would say uh that you know I think because you know the last solo projects they made were the first ones I really had listened to by them all the way through. So, I mean, those, those two just established their identities for me. And yeah, this is just kind of, it doesn't feel like it's the best songs of their career or anything. I think, you know, Drip Too Hard coming out as the first song was a great look. I think that's one of the best songs on there. So I think, you know, you know, like anything, having a good single does half the work for you in terms of convincing people that I'm going to be good. Um, for sure. But, and you know, it's like, and just, you know, put, a Drake feature on that that's a cherry on top you know you, you got what you need in terms of selling the album um, and like I said I think it's all timing and you know just Gunna's tape didn't have you know people liked it got good reviews but it didn't have like a big hit or anything so he was kind of you know I feel like it, people were waiting for something to get behind in terms of him too uh, where Lil Baby has a full project yeah, yeah had yeah. a Drake song yeah, so. yeah. Um, so yeah I think it's would you say I mean, I would say he, in terms of chart stuff, like, you know, his album and his single is charted higher. Gunna, I feel like, isn't really that known yet outside of, like, people who've been listening to Young Thug for years kind of stuff. Like, he's, like, he, I, li- yeah, I, I like his I like that. his thing on the new Shy Glizzy song, but I, that's pretty big in D.C., but I don't know how big that is everywhere else. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what, what, you, what will be Gunna's biggest song up to this point before Drip Harder. Um, I think that probably the Yosemite feature, like I think yeah. that he kind of stole the show yeah. on there. It's kind of, he kind of commands yeah. that song too, even though it's on Travis's album. So yeah, I mean, I guess uh, that that would be what, I mean, he, I found the Thug and Gunna songs and even when Lil Baby was on it on Slime Language yeah. to actually be pretty, pretty good. Yeah. So I was, I and, and and I had heard Sold Out Dates and like the one you said before, Drip Too Hard, which I thought was the best track on the whole album. Um I had heard those songs before this. So my expectations were like, oh, this is going to be just like an album full of like bangers, these moody kind of right. like the sold out dates is like a really interesting, like, so like I've never, I've never quite heard that style of like, it, it was weird. It, it has this like very like soothing guitar mm-hmm. on it for a trap banger. Like I just really, I, I fuck with that song. I fuck with uh, Yosemite, as I said, because it kind of has yeah. that more like, uh, it has that very like um, I don't even know how to describe it, like insular vibe. Yeah. To well, it. I thought it was funny. You said you thought that was Thug the first time you heard Yosemite 
because yeah i mean that's like one of the things i wrote about my young thug piece was how like first time i heard um we'll leave on the kanye record party next door it's like is that young thug and then like i heard <laughs> mob ties on drake's i was like is that young? now it's Drake doing a young thug thing like there's so many people doing that voice now uh, so yeah, it's, it's crazy. just everywhere yeah. and, and it's like you don't know if it's like if it's great for him or bad for him that so many people have been able to take a bit of what what he's introduced um, yeah and i i i think that the i kind of think I kind of think it's great for him because, like, he took. From, he yeah, took but I mean, it, the stuff that he, you know, it's like there, none of the things that people were taking from him are the things he interpreted from Wayne. And I think he made his own stamp on it really quickly. So. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's true. I just think that in terms of Wayne's legacy, his legacy won't be his albums, or honestly, maybe even his mixtapes. His legacy will be how everyone sounded like him afterwards, or not everyone. Oh, yeah. I really think, I think it's almost people understate just how much rap is before Lil Wayne, after Lil Wayne. Like, it's it's incredibly pervasive. But the the difference between Thug and Wayne is obvious. Thug is... Thug has never reached the commercial. Not not to say that he necessarily even wants to. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why people think. Well, I think that you know, it's like when you say, "Oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to make Carter six. It's like you know, yeah. we you don't name yourself after like you don't name your album after like the biggest album that person made. If you're not, it's like naming your own thriller or something. You know, it's kind of like you're in terms <laughs> yeah. of like you know, I'm gonna, I want to I want to do my own sequel of the biggest rap album of the last ten years. That's ambitious. So yeah. you know, I think I think. I mean, Barter Six is Barter Six is like. Uh, See, I mean, that it, would it, let it me really down really after good. after the Rich Gang thing. I was ready for more of that sound, more London on the track, and then it came in with all the Wheezy stuff, and I was like, eh, it's oh, cool. Oh, but, I, I think I love I I like both of those projects. I mean, I love Barter. Barter Six Barter grew Barter on me, but when it came out, I was like, this is kind of low key, you know. It's funny that you brought up the uh, the Rich Gang tape because I mean the the <laughs> the comparisons to this album are yeah. I mean there's plenty I mean they at times they sound they sound similar to the Thug Rich Homie Quan kind yeah. of uh, you know chemistry on here but to me a lot of the times their sounds are too they're I mean, too similar like I yeah. can't tell like. I, I, I don't know who's rapping when, uh, even though I think that Lil Baby's voice is a yeah. little bit higher pitched, a little bit not as droning yeah. as Gunna's. There's definitely times on here where it is kind of hard to tell. And like, I don't think that necessarily yeah. I think well you want a yin yang. Like, I like, I really want to see a project of Lil Baby and Moneybag Yo, because the best song either of them have done, in my opinion, is all of a sudden. And they have like three or four other songs together that are great. And they, they have more of like an airplay. They can do a little more back and forth and their voices are different enough that, you know, it's, it's not, it's not the same thing. So that's why I love to see. Cause that's like money bag. Yo, I think did some, a duo project with like uh, NBA young boy. And so it's like, I feel like, you know, these guys are matched up in the wrong duos. They need to, to switch it. Cause that's what I want to hear. Um, and all right. of a sudden yeah. I'm so, that's like one of my favorite songs of the last year or so. And that was the song that was climbing the charts when Lil Baby and Drake's song came out. So it was like the Drake song just flattened that, pushed it off the charts completely. Uh, <laughs> so it's one of those things where it's like, I'm bitter about that. Um, Al, did you like... Did you um, like uh, I don't know if I listened to all of it. I think I was listening to Moneybag Yo's last one that had a bunch of 
take Heath beats on it, but I don't remember if I heard all of Too Heartless. Money Back Yo, again, okay, okay. I like him. He's grown on me a lot. I don't know how much I like him just solo, um, but he can be great in small bursts and stuff. Yeah. I, by the way, Drake and Take Heath got to have like half to put like a, a yeah. Clearly, I mean, the, like, the, it's on, one of like, yeah. The end of this album is is that that Drake the Drake Take Heath thing is like it, Jason's always said he doesn't find Drake to be that compelling of an MC, but when he's spitting over Take Heath stuff, I'm like, this is great. <laughs> like every track they make together. Yeah. So maybe yeah. I mean, maybe my feelings on Drake as an MC is because of of. Um, Anything post, basically, like, if you're reading this, is too late, I think has been, like, as an MC, he's just been <laughs> worse and he's getting, he's getting, he is, he's yeah. getting worse and worse. But as a R&B, but as an R&B, like, artist, I think he's getting better and better. So it's odd. I, I don't know. And maybe that might just be his stuff over, like, right. or, like, a Boy Wonder beat. And yeah, that's the thing. Is like the Take Heath beats. Like he's now. This is his fourth song that he's made with Take Heath, and to me, every single one is like probably. I mean, it's like okay, you have that the the section of Sicko mode. You have nonstop on Scorpion. You have this track. I'm like, these are like some of Drake's best songs that he's released this year. And like, how how are these guys? Like, I if they came out with a project together, I think that it would significantly create a uh, you know it would bring Drake back in a, in a different sense. Um, than you know, probably that moody R and B. It would it, as a rapper, it would be it would be it would be bringing him back in a, in a way because I think that he works really well over his production. I think he works well here. That's why I was so confused by this album. The last two songs I thought were the best songs on the whole album, and yeah. I was, and yeah, I was like too. just waiting and waiting and waiting. And then I finally get to these songs, and then the album ends, and I'm like, what the fuck? That's a big thing though. Now you put the singles at the end; they're almost like bonus tracks. Uh, yeah, I got you. And then also, it's it's kind of like uh, you know you got to keep people wait like yeah. see a Drake feature later. Like maybe people will listen through yeah. if they don't just skip right to it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I think that a lot of these beats are uh, kind of underwhelming. Uh, I think that the production could have been better. I think that when uh, who is it that produced most of the first few songs? It was uh, Turbo. Yeah, I don't know. He just didn't really do it for me on here. I I can't say that. Um, can't say that there was one track deep end uh which was just little baby solo track one little baby solo track was deep end and then the other little baby solo track was um was a little bit later i can't remember the name of it right now but um the, the one little baby D- i didn't fuck with at all i thought the gunna solo tracks were better than the little baby close, solo was the close friends? what's that close friends right Close friends, yeah. Was the Close baby friends was the solo track. I thought that one was okay. That was fine. I mean, it was nice to, to have a little bit of change up because the first seven or eight songs are literally just talking about clothes and like cars and stuff, <laughs> which is fine. But it's also like, I mean, like the whole project. I I I appreciated when they changed up the subject matter a little bit, just because I thought it did get a bit repetitive. Um, but I guess if you're listening to these two artists, why would you, you know, that that's why you're listening to them. You want to hear them rap about those things. The album's called drip harder for the, for a reason. Um, what did you guys think about the thug feature? Did you like that? Or did you, I don't know. It was just a hook really. Well, it's funny. Cause like the song they all had together on slime language is the same thing. It was thug on the hook and, and yep. gun and little baby on the verses. And, Chanel Go Get It's probably better than everything on Drip Harder, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. And, and, and again, it's one of those weird things where, like, Young Thug hyped up this album, and people are like, is this a solo album? He had, like, a list of 
names, but they were like, is, uh, is this going to be tracks named after these people? Like Jeffrey was like, people had no idea what it was. And it came out as like mostly features. It's like, Oh, okay. It's kind of a label thing, but people had no idea until it came out. And then the single, he doesn't have any verses on, but that song's great. That one, I feel like could be one of Thug's biggest records in a while. Um, and yeah, I wish there was something like that on here. And like the turbo tracks on here, like people are saying like, Oh, that, that's a producer that's going to get a lot of buzz off this. But even I think the, the best song, track i've heard from him was one of the little baby uh money bag yo ones i think it's banks i'll have to check for sure but um but like turbo i think has had better stuff than what's on this project too yeah and i think the turbo outside of that last track towards the end uh drip too hard uh yeah really just didn't do anything for me production wise i think a lot of the beats were very samey a lot of the beats were just kind of hollow i didn't i don't know it was just they they I don't know. I felt like I just like there, no matter what I tried, I listened to this album probably five or six times uh, straight through only once or twice, but like, I just really couldn't get, I thought that maybe it would just click for me and like, maybe I'm missing something and like, it's just too far from like my taste to appreciate it or what it is. But like, no, I've liked plenty of albums that are very far from my taste that we've talked about on here. Uh, including the Czech West album that we talked about earlier. I thought that this one was a little bit more uh, just bland, a little bit more average. Uh, I, my expectations were probably too high for this. Um, so Jason, um, did you find any, like you said, the last two songs were the best songs on here. Was there, were there any other really like, rede- I, I mean, you texted me the other day and you said you thought that it was boring at times too. And I was like, okay, well, I'm, at least I'm not the only one. Yeah, uh, I, I, I felt, yeah, I mean, I, I felt similar to you in that um, it, it left me wanting a little more, I would say. Uh, I like Belly, I like Belly, and uh, Underdog's okay, too, but um, really, really, the best songs to me are Drip are Too Hard and Never Recover, yeah, the, the, uh, the Drake features. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know, man, I'm, I've, I kind of feel like, uh, I, I actually, funny enough, you mentioned, I, I thought Belly was where it kind of started to be like, okay, like, I thought that beat had a little bit more character than the first two. Uh, the inflection... I also might be saying that because Belly, uh, the movie, I, I enjoy Belly, the movie. <laughs> just the name recognition in your brain. It's like, this is a good song because. Yeah, just maybe it could be name recognition. <laughs> but yeah, like a lot of the, and I don't, and I referenced the subject matter thing earlier. I don't care if an album is all about one topic. I mean, dude, I thought that the Pusha T album was pretty good. And the guy's only talked about one subject for his whole career. But like, if you're going to talk about the same thing, we're gonna to have to talk about that Pusha T album. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, well, maybe at the end of the year we'll we'll bring it back to that. But yeah, at the end of the at the end of the year we'll do like a pod, and then like I mean, it's not, <laughs> for me, it's not. It's not so like my my whole thing with like the subject matter thing is like if the production pretty much sounds a same same across the board, and, and not every track, but most of the tracks, if the, the tone and the delivery is very similar throughout. The flows are different, but other than that, like, what are what is changing throughout this? To to like, I I don't think that there's enough distinct sounding songs on this project, even. Yeah. Like, I think that they all just kind of blend together to me. Like, there isn't really anything that really like super. Like, I don't think that there's actively bad songs. I just think that they're kind of yeah. average. Most of them are average. The last two are good, and then that's that's the album. Yeah, these guys, neither of them really feel like risk takers to me. Which again is like. I think that part of their success is they're kind of like the conservative Atlanta street rap answer to young thug. And that's why they're so popular right now is because, you know, 
They're not going to wear any clothing that makes people feel uncomfortable and homophobic. They're not going to say really weird <laughs> off the wall, you know, kind of shit that Young Thug says. Like they're not going to make a really weird sound with their voice. So it's kind of like they're the they're they're the normalization of him. So for better or worse, yeah. I, Al, do you think Al, do you think that a lot of the reason why because I, I I'm like you, I think Young Thug should be bigger than he actually is, right? I think um, we all are, yeah. I think we forget that Twitter... Yeah, I think that we forget that or he should right. sell more, rather. I think that we forget that Twitter is like is just Twitter, where it's just like in the real world, a lot of people don't actually know Young Thug. You know, it, and, it, um, it, it depends on what, what what scale you're talking about, but yeah, I mean... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you think that that is uh, because of his let's call it uh, 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 his eccentric uh, taste. You know, I don't think it's, I don't think that's what stopped him from crossing over bigger. Like, I don't think any of that is the reason why he's not as big as like future or something. Like I said, I think it's almost like the Atlanta scene, not even necessarily Atlanta because Atlanta's, you know, had a lot of different kind of characters, but you know, like Southern rap, Southern mixtape rap, like there's always going to be certain guys who just get by really easily. Like, it's just kind of like, you know, they, they have the perfect, you know, trap rapper profile, the perfect tough guy thing. And he subverted that a lot. Yeah, like Jeezy, yeah. Jeezy had the perfect, yeah, Jeezy is a guy who just had the perfect. 21 yeah. is another one I yeah, can it's think like, of. Yeah, these, one of one, yeah, I mean, one yeah. of one came yeah, out. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, so, you know, you get some of the newer guys like Kodak Black and 21 Savage where it's like, you know, you, you get back to that, like, classic tough guy Southern rap thing. And Thug was part of that a little bit, but he subverted a little bit. And I don't think that even really hurt hurts him in terms of being like bigger like i said you know it's just all these other things where it's like he never sets up a release as like you know i want to do an interview and say this is a great album and put out a single people like i'm just going to throw out weird stuff and send snakes to magazines and shit and (laughs) not tell them it's a compilation and you know it's just all these weird things like say say it's an album that's a six track ep there's all these weird things that he does and it's like i you know people blame 300 but it seems like other artists on 300 don't do that stuff so you know it's one of these things where you know people people like unpredictable mercurial artists until you know it turns into a kanye thing where it's just like the the being an artist and being unpredictable gets kind of weaponized in a weird way uh yeah <laughs> so for sure yeah for sure <laughs> so you know it's, it's, it's yeah, a yin and yang yeah. you I mean, don't want to tell an artist not to be an artist but Right. I mean, the thing about those, like, shock tactics is, like, the problem is you then have to, like, keep trying to go about yeah. it. So it just becomes a, like, a reduction. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Like, you, you become reduction. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think if he that, if he had had his contracts in order when, you know, Lifestyle and then Stoner and all those songs came out, you know, it might be a totally different story. I think, you know, he could have had Alm that would have been as big as Pluto and then he would have built on that and you know, do things to be as big as future so, now. Yeah, so it's like, with Birdman, with Birdman at the helm, yeah, Birdman at the helm, it's hard to have yeah. a contract in order. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, how Stoner didn't shoot him into stardom is beyond me. I mean, I mean, it like, did. It just didn't get him all the way. You know what I mean? That's also he right, came out of time yeah. when there were not rap songs in the top ten. Now there are. Now you know, it's it's like true. The, the, it's crazy how much streaming has changed just in these last three, four, or five years. Well, and especially not trap rap songs. Yeah. I mean, you had Macklemore. Yeah. You know, now it's like every great. single one of these SoundCloud kids has been in the top 10 when there was a half decade where, like, you know, 2 Chains would be huge, but he wouldn't be in a top 10 song. 
you know, Thunk Dunsog would be huge, you know. So there, there was a right. generation that he would kind of came at the end of where kind of lost a little bit because uh, just all the metrics had kind of shifted against rap for a few years. Yeah, exactly. And now you get to the point where, you know, uh, these guys are putting up, they're only selling 5,000 albums, but they're putting, you know, they're yeah. going to be in the top five because their album was streamed so much that it's, it's equivalent to 125,000 copies, yeah. which is crazy. I mean, that's, I mean, good for them. Uh, and uh, I hope that, uh, you know, maybe they can, like you said, I think they, they tend to be a little bit more conservative, probably a little bit too conservative for my taste. I think if you like, like, trap rap, if yeah. you like Atlanta, like, that's your shit. You'll probably find some decent shit on here and you'll really, you know, enjoy a, a few tracks. And if not the whole thing, I know a lot of people were tweeting at me saying that that was their favorite um, of the two that we reviewed. But um, so, yeah, uh, at the end here, I'm just going to I've kind of said my piece with this album. Um, I really enjoy I thought Drip Too Hard was the best song. I, I as we said before, I thought sold out dates would have been the best thing on here. I thought Chanel go get it would have been the best thing on here. I think they've done tracks before. I think are better than this. So uh, it's not that I dislike them as a whole. I just didn't fuck yeah. with this project really. Um, so overall, I'm going to give it a five out of 10. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just super average to me. Five's average. And that's, that's what I think it is. So Jason, what do you think? But I'm I'll probably be a little nice than you. I'll probably give it a six. Um, I, I don't think that it's uh, completely, like, average. There are some stuff that I do like, uh, but it obviously it could have been a lot more than what it was. And um, their little baby, I would encourage people, if, you, if they haven't, to actually listen to Harder Than Ever because uh, it's good. It's, 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 it's really good. So um, Little Baby's a solo, I think, does a really good job. They may not fit that well together as they think, um, but so yeah, that, that's ba- that's basically ha- how I look at it. Cool. Uh, and then Al, what about you? Yeah, I think I'd give it a six too because again, it's like you know I like both of these guys, and I think that this is this will be a great look for both of their solo careers. Like their next solo projects are going to be so great from this. But I really hope that they're not joined at the hip like Method Man, Red Man for the next five years because yeah, it doesn't it's not the best way to hear them i'd rather hear them individually oh that's a great wow that's a that's a great comparison <laughs> i don't know if you were meant to compare right. that but that's a really great like analogy yeah it is because like red man's solo stuff is so much better than anything on blackout right and blackout's like not bad, i like black on oh, blackout's a great example of like those guys were both kind of they were they were both stars but being being a duo turned them into more of like a pop commodity and they got to do a movie and stuff. Right. Yeah. And yeah. It's just like it's like yeah. I mean, and, and it's just like muddy waters and like uh, there's a dark side and like what the album yeah. Are like Red Man. Yeah. I mean, Red Man's a great artist. Red Man and Meth Man are fun. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think you're yeah. And I think you're you you might see that with Baby, whereas like not not. Little baby, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know any <laughs> you might see that with little baby, whereas like little baby's little baby's really good uh, solo, and like him and Gunnar are just fine together. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. All right, so uh, I think that just to wrap it up here, uh, my favorite track on here, Al, as I said before, I do, do want to ask Al something. I do want to ask Al something. Al, what's your favorite? What's your favorite rap record so far in 2018? I mean, so it's tough. I might be with you and say J Rock. 
J-Rock? Yeah, it's it's weird because I, I, I've been, my thing is just like, it's so much, there's so much talent mm-hmm. in rap right now, but this year hasn't been a Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, you have this kind of, and it's almost like a cliche now to say, but it's like all summer, you get like all the heavy hitters just kind of going, eh. like Jay-Z's like, yeah, I, got, I did a tour EP with the Beyonce, it's cool. You get a county, like I did a bunch of EPs, you know. Drake is like, here's everything I recorded the year I was away. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you don't get anyone doing the best down of their career. Like, yeah, every everyone dropped, but no one dropped. I will, the best yeah, I that's really like that's that's what I'm always looking for. It's like it, it, you don't yeah, have I mean, to. It doesn't have to be like your best down, but it's like I wanna I wanna be like, am I gonna be able to do an overview of your career in five years and not have to mention this album? That's pretty bad. You know what I mean? Like I I feel like you could do you know, an overview of most of these people's careers without even mentioning these records someday. So. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, I, I will say I did really like yeah, it. It's fine, um, but, but it's I still, mean, it's Jay-Z and Beyonce. It, so it's like, for it to be like nine songs and most of them are pretty good. It, you know, it's just, it's weird. <laughs> Especially like Beyonce. Like she's, she's probably, you know, yeah, no, 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 beyond, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you know, just one of the best artists making music right now so for her to do something where it's like oh she rapped it was kind of cool like you know after lemonade it's very anticlimactic the weird thing about that is the fact that their album yeah 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 uh only sold like 120 cop 120,000 i mean it sold like no 140,000 or something you know yeah. why? It because was just, there was no rollout he, he, But it for came it. and went so fast. Even the second week only had like 58,000. They released like the, even because like, they released the ape shit video. And yeah. They like. Yeah. Like I said, to me, it felt like a tour EP. It's like when two bands go on tour and say, hey, we did some songs together. You know, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It, and they dropped it. In the middle of <laughs> yeah. And it was on like yeah, Saturday like, afternoon. Like it was kind of cool because I was just sitting on the home on Saturday afternoon. I was like, oh, cool. I could listen to this the minute it came out. And that was kind of fun. But. Yeah, but I mean, we like, all, we, we all know that was a subtle shot at Kanye. Yeah, which, uh, yeah. we all appreciate it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, I mean, I would, yeah, I mean, I would say it's J Rock, and then for me, I, I, I know you're not as intrigued. Yeah, I like that one better than the uh, the one before that. Um, but he's another one where it's like you get every song he's recorded, yeah. in every project. It's like it's a lot. All these, all these ninety minute albums, man. Like yeah, there's a lot this year. <laughs> like like I will I will happily yeah. you know or like yeah, when when, when you know Drip Harder and and Bud Boy it's like you know nice 35 40 minute album I'm happy if it fits on two pieces of vinyl like the way my album, the, the length album used to be that's that's enough if you can't say what you're gonna say in 40 minutes and you're not like writing you know 30 minute jazz odysseys I don't know man yeah. that's a it's a lot. <laughs> No, I tend to agree with that. I actually prefer. I. I mean, I don't think that the Kanye albums ended up living up. To yeah, the, that's the, the thing. Hype, it's like I, it's weird because if you go too far under a half hour, it's flimsy. Like there are great EPs, but they're not many. Like there are a few. Yeah. There are a few albums where it's like under a half hour. I'm like, this is a great album. Every minute is not wasted, but lots of minutes are wasted on the Kanye EPs. So it's like it's not bad. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the, the 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 thing about the the thing about the Kanye joint is just like his the solo joint is just like it's not that it was made by him. It's just that like it's incredibly like conventional mm-hmm. and incredibly just like blah for someone who made his yeah. mark. Be yeah, that's the he, the short album should be the time to take risks. Yeah, yeah, and, and 
that yeah and it's just like it, it sounds rushed it sounds like a joke and yeah i mean it's and it's that's exactly what <laughs> the only one that at. didn't so, I mean, sound rushed was the cuddy one yeah, and cuddy yeah, I mean, was really sta- like you know standard like the standout of that album in terms yeah. of uh you know like <laughs> you know who came out on top but uh but yeah so i think that's a uh a good place to to wrap things up um so, as I said before, Drip Too Hard was my favorite track on that album. My least favorite was the first uh, Lil Baby track, uh, Deep End. I just, I don't know. I didn't really like that. I thought it was kind of sounded like a Zaytoven wannabe beat with these, like, big electronic synths and grand piano. But it just, it didn't do anything for me. Um, did you guys have a favorite track and least favorite track on this one? Not really. Nah, just yeah, I mean, probably, probably Drip Hard best and, uh, or Drip Too Hard best and, um. Off White Velone. I mean, like, the, uh, I think it was DJ Booth who had a review when Nav released his last thing that he sounds like Siri rapping. And that's what oh Nav sounds God. like. That is such a good quote. <laughs> that is seriously. So, like, when I hear just like, I don't, uh, why, do, why, do, why do these guys from Atlanta want Nav on the first song on their album? Like, they, they love him, dude. <laughs> they all love it. him. I don't get it. They even Travis put him at the end of the Yosemite yeah. song. Like I don't get why so many of these rappers, <laughs> rappers from from that scene, love him. But yeah, to each their own. Uh, Jason, how about you? Yeah, it, it, never before. Yeah, just like never, never recover. Um, Drake just kills it, and it leaves me, it leaves me just thinking like what happened with Scorpion, like just what of Scorpion. You know what I mean? So. This two is very good. This one is not good. So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Never Recover. And I like Belly. And I like Belly. Uh, just to switch it up a little bit, because everybody else said Drip Too Hard. <laughs> um, uh, and really, there isn't, like, a, a the thing about the album is, like, there isn't, like, a song that wasn't very good. It's just that it just wasn't, <laughs> didn't do anything for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. No, that's kind of how I felt about most of the album, as I've said. <laughs> but, uh, Al, thank you. Like, super like super slimy from this yeah 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 i mean i think that the, it, it was just underwhelming yeah. all, ar- all that's around that's like everything is love where it's like both the people are great you don't need to be convinced of that but it's just it, it doesn't feel like it's important in terms of what they do exactly i i, I totally agree all right well al thank you so much for coming yeah. on we really for appreciate it um uh, Absolutely. Yeah, um, Al, thank you, man. We really appreciate it. As I said before, um, I will link your article about Sug in the description cool. of this episode. So definitely check that out um, and follow Al on Twitter. Um, it's just Al at Al Shipley, yep. right? All right. Sounds good. Peace. All right. Have a good night. Bye. Later.